Christmas is, a, is an opportunity for us to be reminded that God sent his son, Jesus, so that he could answer the cry of every single soul, the craving of peace within and without. And as we embrace his son, as we move in this Christmas season towards uh, the manger, as it were, and we embrace the one who he sent, that greater dimensions of peace would invade our lives and fill our lives. And so I'm really excited to be able to sit on this reality because it's, it's, it is a reality. It is a promise, but not simply a promise. It is true and real and has been for many generations that whomever embraces the Son experiences this peace that has been promised. And so, um, you know, it's real, it's possible, it's true, and, and yet I'm, I'm, I'm reminded of how, how much conflict today we, we are surrounded by how easy it is to just stumble into it or how to uh, be aware of it. In fact, if we were honest with ourselves, conflict is, is all too, too common. And I think of maybe perhaps some of you this morning as you were getting ready and moving towards this uh, service, towards our church gathering here. How many of you are, are currently in your daily lives working through levels of conflict, levels of struggle, how many of us here may be working through challenges, perhaps in our working environments, and we have relational issues with coworkers or perhaps with bosses that we really, we have no choice but to move forward and to deal with the tension and to seek to manage the struggle, the conflict there. Or perhaps some of us here might have issues, struggles, conflicts, tension points with relationships in our lives. It might be friendships that are strained or or other types of relationships, that if we allow it, can all too easily remove the joy we just sang about from our hearts. Or perhaps there are some of us here who it's coming to the end of the year and we're reflecting upon how we have lived, how we have walked, how we have moved through this year. And as we do that, we, we experience a lack of peace within. Because the way we started out with certain intentions, goals, desires, didn't really totally pan out, and so something inside of us is dissatisfied. Or perhaps it's ways of being. I think of habits, personalities, how we may respond in certain situations that in many ways pull us away from peace and easily into a point of struggle. Yeah, I think about this because it, it reminds me of my own story, and many times my story, you know, it has a lot to do with my experience in the youth ministry, uh, and in the youth ministry, you certainly learn a lot about teens, students, but you also end up learning a lot about yourself. And early on when I entered ministry, there was many aspects of the ministry I, I loved. I mean, I loved being able to, to get to know the students, have them get to know me, build relationships, uh, have, being able to have a hand in planning and organizing certain events and having fun and uh, being able to look into a service and see how we can put things in there that would, uh, you know, inspire the students and somehow minister to them. So all these things were, were just great to be a part of. But there was this one particular slice that, that I, I enjoyed uh, maybe a little too much. And it had to do with anything really that had to do with competition. And being in a uh, setting with high school students, it really doesn't take much to create competition. All you got to do is throw some incentive out there and competition arises. And, and in fact, you know, I'm, I'm convinced that somewhere in our history, it was a youth pastor who, who, who created the game Dodgeball, who, 
who had a group of students and, and had some bouncy balls, and they were just laying out there, and they just picked them up and started hitting each other, and certain people dodged, and there was one last man or woman standing, and it was dodgeball. And I remember us, you know, planning and creating these moments of competition within our Sunday morning gatherings or our week midweeks or our camps or whatever it was where we had gatherings. And, and they, were, they had a purpose. They had a purpose much more significant than just fun. Nothing wrong with just fun, but it, it was meant to create a bonding moment. It was meant to allow us being the leaders and, and, and the students to be able to drop the guard and be able to connect and have a mutual point of, of commonality and be able to create memories together and so that in their future they can look back and say, you know, that person is actually pretty relatable. They, 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 they're easy to get along with. They're, they're kind of fun, and I'd like to get to know them. They actually, you know, care. And, and so there was this purpose that we wanted to create memories. We wanted to create community. We wanted to create bonds now, I remember that whenever these opportunities came up for competing, something inside of me just lit up. It was, it was like, this is, this is why I'm alive. <laughs> and we would have these different things, whether it be dodgeball or basketball or food eating concerts, whatever it might be. And I remember that once we started this competition, the purpose we had in mind when we created it, which was to create friendships and bonds, just, it just got thrown out the window and quickly replaced with win at all cost. <laughs> and I remember just entering this mindset, and it was just like a completely something different, something powerful came up within me that just entered this zone of get out of my way until I win, right? And then just let me, let me just enter this with just a level of intensity. And, I, and, and you know, when, when I won, it didn't bother me too much. But <laughs> it's when I lost that it bugged me. And I, I got to admit, it's, it's really embarrassing to admit to everyone here that a simple game of dodgeball in which I lost to some high school students would bother me. <laughs> but, but it did. It did. It did. And, and, and high school students, you know, they don't celebrate silently, right? And so um, they don't keep to themselves. They, they enjoy every second, every minute, every day, every year. And so I remember just sitting, sitting in this struggle and, and realizing that this is, this is, this is hard. This is hard. And, and that with, with something else. And it wasn't like somebody took me aside and said, look, Louis, when, when, when you come here to, to this ministry, it, it's not meant for you to, to, just, to just win. This is not why you're here. All right? But, but, but no one ever said that to me. But some, it was less direct. It would be something like, hey, are, are you okay? And I, and I would be like, yeah, yeah. Man, that was rough. And so I remember just struggling with this. And then I'd, I, I remember this combined with several other things made me reflect and, and think back. And it was almost as if God was allowing this to, to bring to the surface. It was right there. God wanted to deal with me, bring a larger measure of peace in how competition plays out in my life. And... You know, that was about 10 years ago. And I can't say that I've necessarily arrived anywhere. Certainly, I, I, at least I don't think, um, I, I still go at it with the students just to win at all costs. And by the way, those students have, have forgiven me. They, um, they still love Jesus. Uh, God has been definitely merciful with me. But, um, you know, there are still other areas where that might pop up and, and, and peace quickly evades me. And it might be a board game where, with some friends where things are... Or not moved correctly, and 
it's just not fair. And there's other maybe video games where we just keep playing and playing until someone wins. And, and then there's, there's other, you know, maybe, maybe there's, there's a men's retreat gathering where there's, there's this group of men from our church, for example. And I'm reminded of last year's uh, men's retreat where we had this opportunity for, for men from our, our community here to, to go away for a concentrated time of drawing near to God. And, you know, we had worship and we had speakers come and, and share. And it was just a, it was a powerful weekend. And I remember on one of those evenings, uh, we had just received a, a word, some, a speaker who had give us an, given us a message that for me personally had, was compelling, it was inspiring. And I felt energized. I felt strengthened. I was grateful to be there. And, and after that, we were dismissed and some of the guys decided, hey, why don't we, why don't we play Foursquare? And I thought, wow, all right, awesome. So I remember Foursquare. And for those of us who may not remember, Foursquare, it's just, it's just you get a square, you divide it into four, and then each takes its own quadrant, and, and there's a ball. And if it bounces twice in your square, you're out. And if it bounces once and you don't touch it, you're out. And, so, and there's four people playing. And I remember just getting in line. Everyone's getting in line. It was just this childhood game that I enjoyed when I was a little kid. And so I remember, wow, this is going to be fun. This is, this is awesome. So I remember just sitting there watching the guys play and, and just getting closer and just kind of having this, I don't know, childlike, childish joy. And then I remember just getting in there into the four square. And, and it was like, you know, once I jumped into, into the game, I realized this, this isn't four square. This is war. <laughs> it's like there was strategy. There were, there were signs being made. There were looks that, that, that created agendas and conspiracies. And I realized, you know, there was, there was calls that weren't being called. And the referee, whom I never knew who was, but decided to, to side against me. And so I felt like, what's going on here? This is, this is a battle. And so at one point, I, quit, I, I realized that this, something else was going on. And I took it a little too intense, maybe. And I realized, wow, you know what? I'm not just playing against one and one and one. I'm playing against all three, against me. At some point, they'd real, they, they decided it was my time to go. You know, I, I'm not bitter, but I remember just, just walking out of there after I had lost, going back to my room, really feeling like, wow, what just happened? And, and maybe you might be able to relate with this, maybe not, but I, I, there was something inside of me that felt like, you know, I, I need to forgive some brothers, you know? I need, I, and there's some other, some other guys I probably need to apologize to, and I just was like, wow, this is, this is a simple game turned to an all-out brawl in, in, inside of me. And, and I remember just sitting there in my room feeling like, whoa, I'm still not there. I still need to acknowledge my need for growth and peace in this area. You know, and I, I, share that, I share that because I don't think I'm alone in this. I, I'm not necessarily saying everyone here cares that much about Foursquare, but <laughs> I, think, I think we all have struggles I think we all have varying degrees of struggles in our lives that if we allow them to, if the, if the right buttons are pushed, peace is it just it's like the wind goes away. And what we grab so easily is something different. And I think of perhaps there's, there's something in us that the Lord may this morning, this early afternoon, may want to bring to the surface. Maybe... It might be something, a point where he would like us to surrender so that we can receive his peace. Perhaps it might be something like our careers. Some of us, maybe it's not just simply a place where we express uh, our skills and talents and our education, our capacities, but it, it's something so much more 
something so much more. It is a part of identity. And so with that much weight, that much weight, it's impossible to truly move in and out with peace. Perhaps the Lord might want us to surrender and receive his peace. Or, or maybe there are habits in our lives, ways of being, that he might want us to consider moving into, that he might want to address. And, you know, I, I really don't know where we may be at, but I know that the Lord's desire for us this Christmas season is to embrace the peace he has for us, for us, for us. And with this in mind, I'd like us to look at this passage together. If you open up your handout, it's an account that Luke gave us of the announcement from which we get this title of Peace on Earth. And it's a remarkable announcement that occurs, occurs this evening. And we're going to look at it together. If you read verse 8 with me, it says that that night, and so it was that night, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And from the very beginning, Luke sets the table for us. It's at night. The stars are out. And the people who are, will receive this announcement, this historic announcement, are shepherds, whom at the risk of oversimplifying it, whose lives, their responsibilities are entailed with protecting, feeding, guiding, leading, nurturing, Sheep. We're not given much more about them, but we, what struck me is what, who they're not. See, they're not people of affluence or influence. They're not people of power, wealth, position, which may say many things about whom the Lord chooses to reveal himself to, but it says certainly that he has little prerequisite, that he chooses to reveal himself to a people who have little to offer him in return. I think it's a powerful consideration for us to sit on as we move into this Christmas season. It says that suddenly in this night sky, in this nighttime, suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. I just can't imagine what that must have been like. To be out in the field, to have kind of a mundaneness, a routine, to the nightly Routine and occupation, right? And you're sitting out there and nothing exciting is happening, nothing overly exciting, things you're not expecting anything. And then out of nowhere, into the silence, rips an angel. And his radiance just invades their space. And we're told that they, they were terrified, as, as I definitely would have been. They were terrified. And I've actually never noticed this. The angel reassured them. How? By yelling at them. Don't be afraid. The angel scared fear away. And, and no, but he's, he's excited, right? He's excited. He says, don't be afraid. He said, oh, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all the people. And, and the Savior, yes, here it is. This is the announcement. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. It is Jesus who is born. Verse 13, we're told that the shepherds were not the only ones listening in. For We're told that suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of angels. The armies of heaven invade the night sky, make their presence known. 
And they glorify, they praise God, saying what? They sing out, glory to God in the highest, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Glory to God in the highest. This moment, this moment in our history causes all of heaven to erupt in worship. This birth of the promised one. And it's not just his coming that causes worship to ignite in the night sky. It's connected closely to what it means to us. Because the promise is given peace on earth. Peace on earth. And we're told that once after they had ignited, after they had sang out, after they had praised this song, they were told that the angels had returned to heaven and the shepherds said to each other, and Luke puts it so just matter-of-factly that the shepherds turned to each other and said, let's, let's go to Bethlehem. And, you know, I, I don't know if that's exactly, maybe that's how it happened, but I wonder if some time elapsed. Because I, I would just imagine if I'm sitting out in the fields with my sheep and, and my shepherd friends, and this happens, that I, I probably would wonder if, if, if this is real. Did you, did you, did you, did you just see that? Yeah, yeah I saw that. Did you hear what they said? I heard what they said. Do you think we should go? Yeah, I think we should go. All of heaven just, just told us to go. Okay, okay, let's go then. It's right. They, they, look, let's, let's go to Bethlehem. Let, let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has, has told us about. And they hurried to the village. They hurried. They hurried to the village. Nothing was more important than drawing near to the one who was announced. And they found Mary and Joseph, and, and there was the baby lying, lying in the manger. There was the promised one, the peace bearer, the peacemaker, the prince of peace. And, and after seeing him, the shepherds, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. And so they, you get the idea. They walk into the manger. They see the child. They sit there. They realize this is unbelievable. And then they quickly tell everyone, do you know why? This is why we're here. We, we just... This magnificent event just happened. Do you know who this is? Because of him, all of heaven sang out in praise. And, and because of him, peace is going to be possible. He is he's the Savior. And we're told, we're told that as they're telling them, that all who heard, verse 18, all who heard the shepherd's story were what? Astonished. See, no one, they were surprised. No one truly expected this child to be who he really is, who he was. The gravity of his existence, his presence, the significance of his birth did not fully impact all who were present. They were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. And, and the shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying. Now it was them who was singing out, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It, it was just as the angel had told them. And you know, it's, it's with this in mind. In fact, if we could just look back to verse 14, this is the promise that we are given. This, this Christmas moment we are moving towards, it, it will give glory to God in the highest heaven and what? Peace on earth. Peace on earth. And, and so with this peace in mind, I'd like to turn things, shift things in our closing minutes here and, and sit on how maybe the Lord may be asking us to consider this peace for ourselves. 
I'd like to put this under the closing reflections. And the first thought I'd like to put up there is this, that he came to bring peace to our inner world. He came to bring peace to our inner world. He, he came in these humble, accessible, simple, approachable settings so that we could draw near and receive the peace within we all crave. See, it's not not like a blanket that we simply are given and we wear. God wants to have us invite him in to our private world, perhaps our most private world, so that he could soothe. Perhaps there are past wounds that they linger and they zap whatever peace we might feel, we might walk in. And as we invite him in, as we make room in our private world, in our inner world, as we make room for the child, his peace would soothe that wound over. Or or maybe there are character issues in our lives that he would like to transform so that in our everydayness, in how we carry out our responsibilities, how we carry out our actions, our thoughts, our motives, our character be one that produces life and produces joy. And does not keep us limp as we try to move forward. Or or maybe there are habits that he would like to bring forth to the surface so that they can be set in place. And we can have strength. We can have wholeness. We can move forward with the ability of confidence and assurance that the peace giver resides within us. In our struggles, in our conflicts. He longs to give us peace Within and, and with this in mind, I think of that verse that Paul gave the Philippians when he encouraged them. He encouraged them to draw near. Perhaps because of this moment, he was even allowed to do this. And this is what he said. He says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. The seriousness, the gravity of the requests you make, supplicate it with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And what? The peace of God. Invite him in to your private world. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, it is not completely understandable, will we'll guard your hearts and minds through who? The one that was born. Through Christ Jesus. So I wonder this morning, how is he seeking to bring about greater mo- measures of peace in our lives? What areas of our lives is he challenging? Where is he touching right now? What is it that he is wanting to heal, strengthen, renew? He wants to bring peace to our inner world. But he also wants to, he came, he came to bring peace to our outer world. This is not a peace that he gives us to be kept privately. In fact, it's meant to be able to fill up within us like a fountain that overflows. And it goes from our private world to our public life. It goes from our inner world to our outer world. He longs for us to walk in this peace and be able to move into situations relationally and extend the gift we have been given. So I wonder if maybe some of us, this is a season where we commit ourselves to enter situations seeking to give peace, seeking to bear peace, seeking to ignite peace. Perhaps this is a season where there are relationships in our lives that need to be reconnected with, reestablished, invested in. There's energy, time need to be set aside. 
to heal, to build a bridge, to unite. So I wonder if some of us maybe need to forgive or maybe need to ask for forgiveness. In this season, in this season of celebrating the one with us, Christ with us, I do say that our culture is much more open to the promises God has given us. It is up to us to step in with the peace bearer and be able to spread that peace. And so whether it be in our inner world or our outer world, my prayer is that we would be able to attain what he has for us this season. That we walk into this month, through this month, with intention. That it would be our goal, our desire, to be open. Yes, God, examine me. Show me where it is you want to heal. Show me where you want to bring strength and wholeness. And I am open to your peace. And help me move into other areas of my life bearing your peace. That where I walk, where I step, where I speak, your peace abounds. So we could experience the gift that was given. And truly, out of the heart of sincerity, celebrate the reason. The reason for Christmas and be able to join with others in the Christmas carols and be able to truly wish others a Merry Christmas and enjoy these holidays in a happy way. So with that in mind, as we move forward, that the band's going to come up in a minute and they're going to share a song that's in the back of your handout. It's called What a Miracle. And this song really reflects on the truth that this moment in history that we are moving towards the coming of the child is truly miraculous. And so we're going to be sitting on it. We're also going to be sharing in it because I had the privilege and opportunity of choosing the song, and, and I like it. And so I, I hope you do too. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much. Thank you for not just simply giving us an answer, but giving us your son. And I thank you, God, that you are able to speak to our public and private life. That you're able to answer not only the, the, the cries that we might have in our daily struggles, but the cry of our soul. And I pray, Father, that you would help us remain open, remain vulnerable before you as you came vulnerably to us, so that your peace would be able to bring about greater dimensions of healing, strength, growth, wholeness, and that it would flow throughout this season in our relational uh, gatherings. So we pray for your blessing. We ask God for your peace to triumph in our lives. We pray, God, for your fullness in this season. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>